0: yo what's going on everybody it is 1 p.m here in chicago illinois i mean it's time for another live stream today is wednesday may 26th 2021 it is another beautiful day here in chicago we had thunderstorms in the morning i actually slept in because i woke up and i could hear just pounding rain and i heard some thunder i think i heard some thunder lots of strong winds anyway and i thought I'm not gonna run in that today. So I decided to sleep in for like an hour and that gave me enough time. Cause then I, you know, I did work on a video for a little bit. And then uh, by then it was like 6.30ish and by then things were pretty cleared up. So I had some nice weather for my run. Um, everything was still kind of wet but at least it wasn't raining. And so things were nice and cool too. So overall a great day for a run. And now it's just beautiful Simpsons cloud skies and uh, just really nice and bright today. How are you guys doing today? uh everyone listening in on the podcast version hopefully you guys are doing well hopefully you guys are having a good run and not stuck in rain and everyone watching this on youtube after the fact hopefully you've got a nice beverage to relax with today i've got my afternoon coffee just brewed a fresh cup and uh i'm <laughs> very excited for it all right Ennis is here live and says hi kofuzi everybody back to a zone two run after work with pip today i need to get to bed earlier and not stay i watching the latest series of fargo into the night to help with the recovery uh, you know, I never got into that series. Um, I think that I would like it, though. There's a lot of shows that I think that I would really, really love. But I just I, I, I feel like I spend enough. Maybe I mean, you know, maybe I spend too much time scrolling on Twitter and on social media and stuff. It's kind of my job, though, I guess it's part of my job maybe i think that's an excuse that's not really true i could spend a lot less time on twitter i think and still get what i need to out of it and what i enjoy out of it but i do find myself scrolling a lot that you know it's kind of a weird trade to be like yeah i'm giving up some twitter time so i can spend more time on netflix i don't know i think i think that might be a good trade though that might be a trade up i might have to check that out awesome uh philip Bourne says yo what's going on just finished a 10k post work run with laura uh we got two uh dog runs in a row it says will we find a live stream while I'm trying to cook awesome it's already 8 p.m my first meal of the day so wish me luck oh boy that's a weird day um wow only only eating at 8 p.m i i couldn't make it i i, I would uh yeah I'd, I'd be just too grumpy very much too grumpy gr- grumpy uh recycle on wednesday says hi everyone <laughs> and christian says reebok spelled backwards is Kobeer." forget the shoe company let's drink <laughs> i like that i like that a lot lucas says what's going on my running friends what's going on lucas good to see you and steve says evening mike and gang just spotted your run is the Hoka Zanal a trail mach four it looks interesting yeah i ran in the Zanal for for the first time today i've had it for a couple I, I got it the same time i got my clifton eight so i've been sitting on it for a little while because i was like i don't i don't know when i need to really train for it um but uh, I'm now I'm wishing that I kind of had busted it out a little bit sooner because it, it's a nice shoe. I really like it. It's got a Pro Fly. I'll, I'll make a video about it for tomorrow. That's what tomorrow's video will be. But it's got a ProFly midsole and a Vibram outsole. So it's, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, a trail mockboard is a really good way to describe it. I would say it's not quite, in, in the heel it feels very familiar I would say in the forefoot, it feels a little bit more... I feel like that V-room outsole, it makes it feel a little bit more dense in the forefoot. But, you know, you're going to be running on this thing uh, in some trails and not necessarily on pavement. So um, when I had it on... Well, I had it on rocks and I had it on muddy grass today. And it was good. It was surprisingly nimble. I mean, I expected it to be nimble, but I just felt like I could... I was running downhill, I was doing some hill sprints. And the way I thought I would do hill sprints differently today is I thought I would run not only just up the hill, but up and down fast. And then you know, I kind of do like a figure eight almost, or it's more like, um, like an hourglass kind of shape. So I like, go up on one side, well, let's do it this way. I go up like this way, and then I come over, and then I come back around, and then I come over. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, almost like a weird rectangle is how I run up the hill. And so, like, when I was kind of cutting over ever, you know, that's when I would, re- like, recover. And so, I got a sense of both uphill and downhill in the shoe. And um, it's good uphill, plenty of grip, but it was really nice downhill. Um, I just felt like it was uh, – I just felt like I was kind of, like, like carving down the, down the hill. Just really great uh, ability to control even at a higher speed, so – Pretty in, pretty interesting shoe. It's meant for shorter distance racing because uh, like, the Sierra is, is named, I'm presuming, after the Sierra Zanal race, which is a shorter race as far as, like, mountain ultra trail goes. So, um, and th- but that race, I do think, has multiple surfaces. Some road, mostly trail, mountain, though. But, um, yeah, but it was interesting. I really liked it. Um, it did have a lot of mockness to it. I liked it the most when I was on the rocks. Cause then where I'm just like the footings all uneven, that V outsole, just super tacky. Like, I mean, I know it's part of, it's like the shoe was straight out of the box, but like there was a, like when I like first put them on and walked out the door, I felt like my feet were like sticking to the tile in the entryway. It was just amazing how like tacky and just grippy everything was. And the rocks were wet cause it had been raining all morning. So I was worried that I might, you know, get a little bit too exuberant and (laughs) and slip and really hurt myself, but it ended up being fine. So it's an interesting shoe. I like it a lot. I'm I'm like, I go back and forth. Like if it were a little bit more comfortable, like meant for a longer race, it wouldn't feel as good on like those sharp turns and uh, navigating through rocks. So, you know, some trade-offs, but a lot of fun, a lot of fun. All right, um, JC says, good afternoon all. What's going on JC, good to see you again. And Rodrigo Tsuki says, hey there people. What's going on Rodrigo, how are you?" All right. Mm. Frank says, I wonder what the best way to think about heart rate zones when it comes to higher temperatures is. Well, I mean, the way I think about it is, yeah. I mean, you mentioned in your earlier uh, comment here that like your max heart rate rate can rise with temperature i wasn't really aware of that i always kind of thought the max heart rate was a max heart rate um but i think what what i am comfortable with saying is that like you know it's easier for your heart rate to spike or like less effort will you get to the same heart rate with less effort which is unfortunate right from a racing perspective or a training perspective and i think the way to think of it is is that You know you have to adjust kind of your expectations because i i feel like with heart rate you know the strain your body experiences strain from at least from a cardiovascular perspective i would anticipate that it experiences strain as strain and so like i think that like if you're trying to if i'm trying to stay low heart rate i can't say like well at room temperature my low heart rate number max is 144 but if it's humid out and hot then i can run at 150 and it's still a low heart rate i'm not sure it works that way i'm not a cardiologist so i don't know or a coach or someone who studies this stuff, but that's not my understanding of it. I'm not tr- I wonder if anyone else has any thoughts on that. All right. Um, all right. Troy M. says, Hey, I'm a mail carrier and I walk all day. Besides the Hoka shoes, what other shoes do you recommend for concrete, grass, dirt, etc." Poco was, was comfy, but not durable. It only lasted me about two to three months. Hmm. I would take a look at, um, I like the Pegasus Trail a lot. I'm not sure how durable that would be because that rubber outsole is a little bit on the soft side. So I feel like if you're walking on a lot of pavement, it might. But then again, I ran a lot of, on a lot of pavement in mine, like a lot of snowy pavement. So I think it'll be all right. I think the other one to take a look at uh, that would be comfy, I think, would be um, like the Ultras. Like the ultra superior that is like a road trail shoe the 4.5 i haven't tried the five i don't think that one's out yet but i tried the 4.5 i really like that one a lot and i felt like i could wear that shoe all day and i'm also enjoying the lone peak five right now it's another shoe that it's got a lot of room so especially as we get into the summer and your feet are going to swell a little bit it's got plenty of room in there it's nice and comfortable i could be in that shoe all day so that's another one that i would look at mm. Stevie 76 says yo what's going on and Raynor says hi all what's going on everybody Shannon says hi Shannon she says hi co and co happy to join for the next 20 minutes at a health spot and we'll sleep my last class so I got bumped from the circuit so I'm not going to be late for the next okay very cool though glad to have you here awesome Brendan Cam says what in the world is up hope you're all doing well up oh, with the capital U capital P nice good to see you again Brendan and uh, Iron and Beer says, "Woohoo! What's up, everyone? Good to see ya." Uh, and Pete G says, you. love the YouTube vid today. Thanks. I had a lot. Of, I, I had some fun with that one. I mean, I ju- I kind of just. It's a shame to me that the Insta 360 One X doesn't have much better audio. Like the audio is decent. I just wish it were a lot better. Cause I I really just enjoy like running and talking to it. Cause I don't have to worry as much about it. Like, what am I pointing it at?" i could just hold it and then like i kind of decide later what i want it to look at and i just feel like it's a lot of fun um so insta360 do better work on that i i feel like the x2 is actually a downgrade in in terms of the audio performance i like the x1 better i could work with the x1 audio better i think the x2 probably for the average person ends up being better but for someone that can play around with it a little bit, I'm not an audio expert, but for someone that can play around with it a little bit, I think the X1 was easier to work with, easier to live with, and um, yeah. But I do, I do enjoy that uh, that camera to play around with. Chi we Chi says greetings from Singapore. Well, welcome. Good to see you. How are you? All right. Uh, Amir name says hi. What's going on, Amir? How are you? All right, Danielle Emberly says, any thoughts on the Ride 13 or 14? It's too late to return to the 13, but I need more big toe room in the 13. Here, 14 is wider for toes, maybe too much contour inside under my heel and arch. Hmm, I liked the Ride 13 a lot. I haven't tried the Ride 14, and this might be the first year in a few years that I don't try it. I'm not sure. What I've kind of heard so far is that the 14 is pretty similar to the 13, uh, I haven't heard... I, I don't know if I've heard that it's wider for the toes in the 14. But, I mean, if you think that's the case, I would go and take them to the store and check them out. I mean, you could bring, like, your Ride 13s with you. So, that way, you can have kind of, like, the two shoes to compare it if you really like the Ride 13. um, Yeah. That shoe got puffier, I feel like, at the 13. I don't know if it's still puffy for the 14. And I feel like sometimes... When like the tongue gets puffier it just makes it all feel a little bit tighter inside the shoe and so that's one of the that's one of the reasons why i don't like puffy shoe tongues but um yeah i would i would i would go and check it out because if the 13 has been working well for you except for like the toe thing and if the 14 is bigger which i'm not sure if it is or not i think it, it could be really quick to kind of figure it out one mm-hmm. way or the other mm. Jean-Fleet MyBohm says, what's the best shoe for a marathon if you've got wide feet? Um, I'm not sure. You know, Zephyret on Instagram, he run, He writes for um, Jared, For he writes for I Believe in the Run. He's been looking at a lot of, he's a wide footer, and he's been looking at a lot of the marathon super shoes lately. I think he's doing a roundup or something. Like if you look at his Instagram, he's been running a lot in the Metaspeed Sky. I think he seems to really like that one um and others have really enjoyed the Hyperion Elite version 2. I also think that the um I'm not saying I'm not saying that I don't know if it I don't think it comes in a wide but I also think the fuel cell TC is underrated and could work for people with a little bit of a wider foot um so those are ones that I would look at if you if you're looking for a carbon fiber plate um the Carbon X2 might also be a, a potential option but um other than that, like if you're looking for a non-carbon plated option, I feel like the Escalante could, the Ultra Escalante could be a good choice. It's a surprisingly bouncy shoe. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I'm looking forward to trying like the, the next one that, when it comes out. So I think that those would be some that I would look at if you're looking for a shoe for wide feet. Or there's lots of shoes that come in wide, you know, that I think, um, and I don't, I'm not always aware of which which models those are, but. You know, some of the other shoes that are not carbon plated that I typically like recommend, like the Boston Nine Hyperion Tempo. I, I don't know if those are or like, or like the Rincon. I don't know if those come in wides or not, but I would check to see if that's an option. Rainer said, had a dream. I completed a marathon. Victorious feeling at the finish line, but I don't know if that dream will be a reality anytime soon. Oh, that's a nice dream. That's awesome. Um, at, the che- at the finish line, was the tape checkered? Was it like a checkered flag finish line or was it just regular? Do you guys hear that? Where's that music? Who's playing music? I don't know where that music's coming from. Oh, is that coming from my... F- my phone was playing music for some reason. I didn't do that. But it was playing music. That's weird. All right. All right. Luis Becerra says, Yo, what's going on? Jack Rabbit having a Memorial Day sale. Hope you have extra cash for new shoes. Oh, that's a good, that's a good catch. I'll have to check that out. Mm. KU Mamiya says, bit of a weird question, but as a young runner, is it normal to be able to see and feel your ribs? I don't have a scale, so it's hard to gauge weight and things like that. It is, it's normal. Um, but I, I wouldn't worry so much about stuff like that. I would make sure that you're eating enough to fuel whatever activities you're doing right and so then like your body will look like what you use it for you know and i focus on that function form should follow function so I, I i mean i know it's hard to say that to a younger person or a younger runner but i wouldn't um strive for it hope for it um or you know any of those things just let it be what it's going to be you know so the rest do the training, do the fueling, do the recovering, the rest will take care of itself. Mm. Alright. Um uh, <laughs> it's so get demonetized. I hope not. I mean it was faint, right? You couldn't tell what it was. I mean now right now I hear Sesame Street in the background. I don't think anyone's in there watching it either, but yeah, Sesame Street's on, so that's what that is. Um James Aylward says... What's going on, James? What about the Ampli Fly carbon-plated shoe for 120? I don't know what that is, I'm afraid. I've never heard of that. Amplifly? Huh, I don't know. JC says... I'm hoping that New Balance RCLE 2 is good for a wide-footed marathoner. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Because I feel like it's just going to be... Like a... Uh, basically more of a racing version of the TC. Because it looks like... The same, I mean, basically, it looks like a sole swap almost like the upper of the RC and then the midsole and outsole of the TC. So, I think that's a, a good combo for a marathon racer. So, I'm excited for it, but I don't know if it'll be good for wide footers. We'll see. We'll see, all right, David Damron with a super chat. Thanks so much, David. Says, I'm running the tunnel marathon in two weeks. Awesome, thanks for the 2019 recap video. What's one thing you wish you'd know ahead of running that race? Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like I didn't have too many surprises. Um, you know, uh, cause like I had seen other videos that were from around that time too. And I felt like that gave me kind of a good sense of what I was gonna be. I think that um, I guess some things that are surprising are like how easy it was going to be to run a little bit too fast for the first half. So, I mean, that, that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. Um, I wished I had pulled back a little bit in the first half. So I had a little bit more to give at the end. And then there's one stretch towards the end. I think it's around like mile 2021 20, or something like that, where it gets real flat, very flat. It's like parking lots and you're like running through like, uh, it just looks like a state park, like a, like a reg- any other state park you would see. It doesn't feel like the rest of the course. Um, yeah, and so, like, there there was that. That part was a little bit demoralizing because it wasn't as interesting anymore, and it kind of felt like you were done because you were, like, we were seeing cars and, and parking lots and stuff. Um, but then there was still a little bit more left, and then it went more downhill. So, like, yeah, th- I mean, but, you know, what marathon does the last 10K not really sting? <laughs> so... Um, that's another thing I would just kind of keep in mind. But that's when I was really like, ah I wish I had more. Um to get through this section a little bit faster. But good luck. Have fun at that tunnel marathon. That's a fun race. Lee mm. Leo Bryan says, I'm racing a mile tonight, trying to go under four thirty. Any tips? I don't have any tips for going under four thirty. I think for me getting under five thirty would be a victory. Um but I would, you know, I would say for me in the way that I race the best, um, I do the best when I like sneak up on it. So like, you know, there are some people that do kind of like the you pacing strategy where you start out real hard, the middle, you slow down a little bit and then you kick hard at the end. I, I, my best racing looks more like a gradual increase. So I always just kind of like start out a little bit slower then the body gets kind of like not warmed up warmed up's not the right word but war- like for me like it's acclimated or more like easily cajolable into continuing to work hard you know i guess that's another way to put it and and that's how that's how i like to run um so but i mean if you're going to get paced by someone as well you know if there's or if there's going to be like other if if it's a, ta- a race versus a time trial i would say you know stick with the pack and just don't worry about anything else just hang on and go you know focus on the shoulders in front of you and uh you know and then and just keep going and then whatever the time is the time is going to be you know i mean and you'll know as you go along i I would assume like you know if that pack is moving too slowly and you got to push ahead you know then then you'll have a sense of that either someone's gonna be yelling times out at you or you'll be able to see it as you come around or you'll have it on your watch, but I would say like use the pack to your advantage if you can. Frank says amplify went out of business. Visually actually looked like alpha flies. Well, I kind of assumed that they would probably I didn't know if that ampler was a like a typo or something. I'm not familiar with the Amplify. Mm. Andy says, did you ever run on the Ice Age Trail? If so, how was it? You know, I've never done that one, but I was. what was I looking at the other day? Oh, I think I was looking at Runner's World. I was looking at a Runner's World article for like the easiest trails, like the easiest trail ultras. And there's uh, something that's on the Ice Age Trail that's in the summer or something like that. And I think that was one that was on there. Um, I think parts of it do get a little bit more difficult if I'm not mistaken, but... Um, no, I've never actually been up there. I'd like, I'd like to do that though. There was someone that, that ran an FKT or made an FKT attempt over that in the last year. Right. There was a big, it was like, it's like 200 miles, the FKT for that. Isn't it? It's something insane. Mm. uh, Marcel Wagenlander says, what do you think about the ultra Rivera? I think it's interesting. I think, um, I, you know, I forget which Shannon knows about it. She was telling me about it. Um, so you had the Ultra Escalante, then you had the Torn and the Torn, four point, and the Torn Plush. And the Rivera is more like the Plush, right? Or is the Torn now like the Plush and the Rivera is like the Torn? I don't remember which way it was, but um, for whatever reason, I thought, I'm not that interested. It's like an Escalante, but with more stack height, right? Because it's Ego Foam, not Quantic. Um, so I thought, you know, that made it a little bit less interesting to me. Cause I was like, I've already experienced the ego foam. I like the quantic foam from the superior. And I like the idea of the torn being a thicker stack height quantic foam shoe, but the lone peak this year is an all ego foam shoe and it's a thicker stack height, but it's giving me that quantic like feel that I like quantic just feels like it's super squishy. Um, and so I really like it for comfort. Um, But the Ego and the Lone Peak is like that. So I I don't know if the Rivera is more like a road Lone Peak then. I'm not exactly sure where it fits. But for whatever reason, it's not really like getting me too excited. I'm excited about the next Escalante. But I don't know if I'll get to another Ultra this year. I'll I'll probably look at the Superior, like five. I'll probably look at the next Torin. Try and give that shoe another try. Or I guess I did the Plush last year. So maybe I'll do the regular Torin this year. And then the Escalante, so that's already three more ultras I'll be running in this year, I hope, so I don't know if I'll get to the Rivera, unfortunately. Mm. Coriamon says, "I like to start slower and finish faster." Even psychologically speaking, it's better for me and works well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, you know the, you know, with a race, I- inevitably like the first like, you know 400 meters are a little bit fast. But then I like to settle in after that and just make it feel easy, you know, and uh, the hardest part about that or the most difficult part about that for me is, you know, you see on your watch, like the pace and you're like, oh, oh, this is not the pace that I was hoping for today. But you got to kind of like be like, it's going to be okay. I'll catch it and I'll surpass it later because I'll have a lot at the end, you know, so that's kind of how I have to think about it. But that's the racing strategy that I like. All right, Shannon says, the Rivera places the normal torrent for the road shoe. OK, so maybe I do need to look at the Rivera then. So maybe I'll look at the Rivera and not the Torin. So Rivera, Escalante, and Superior to be the ones that I look at this year then. So maybe I will be looking at that one. Hmm, lots to think about, lots to think about. CJ, what's going on, CJ? says did 4.5 in the uh, 4.5 miles in the Mo- fresh foam more version three and they are my favorite max cushion ever see i that sh- i really feel like that shoe should have came out like a month ago and i don't I, for for me any for, in my level of excitement for it anyway because right now i'm just like ah it's gonna it's gonna be summertime it's getting hot i don't really want max cushion shoes because they just get so sweaty for me and so like uh but i remember like a month ago that's when the believe the run people got the Fresh Foam More 3. And so like they were talking about it all the time and I'm like, "Oh, I want that shoe." Cuz I was like, "I don't love the 1080 version 11. I feel like the slight changes they made to it from the 10 make it not that max cushion feel anymore." But I'm like, "But then there's the Fresh Foam More version 3." So now they've kind of like wrapped that into their Fresh Foam X universe. And so now you got a Max Cushion More 3, the 1080, which is like the cushion daily trainer. Then you got the beacon, which is like a faster daily trainer, you know, so you've got like a, a lineup. It makes sense. I mean, the 880 is in there somewhere as well. Um, so it's like, I guess the 880 is more like a, a durable daily trainer, right? So if you want to put it that way, but like now I'm just like, uh, I don't know if I really am really that interested in the ver- fresh foam more version three, but you're not the only one to tell me that you thought it was really great. So, I don't know. I've been finding that like lately, whatever shoes Megan likes over at Believe in the Run are the ones that I tend to really like. And so she loved it. So I'm like, okay. I don't maybe I'm not excited about it, but I'm guessing it's a shoe that I'm gonna like. So we'll 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 have to see. will have to see. Sue Ann wants to know hey anybody everybody, any thoughts on the upcoming endorphin trail shoe? Yeah, a lot of a lot of I don't I don't know if like the embargo just lifted on that or what, but it seems like there's a lot of people talking about it today. And um, I gotta tell you, the looks on that shoe—it it could go—it could go deep in the ugly shoe bracket. I just feel like that. When I look at that, I'm just like, oh boy, what what are the, what is going on with that shoe? I don't, there's just—it's like checker patterns, and I mean, I I don't know. It looks weird to me, and um, I'm excited by the prospect of it um but it just looks so strange i'm having a hard time getting like getting past it i mean i i know like you know the looks don't matter when you're talking about a running shoe but i actually don't really believe that anyway and the looks are just weird on that endorphin trail so yeah i don't know i don't know Spenny Run says, hey, man, great run at the marathon. Made it look way too easy. Thank you. Thank you so much. He says, looking for a new daily trainer a long run shoe. Currently have the PEG 37. Think about the Nova Blast 2. I wear the Puma Liberate for speed days. All right. Well, I'd say the Nova Blast 2 would be a really great choice. I'm loving that shoe. I would also say look at the Mach 4. And I would also say if you're liking the Liberate, consider there's a daily trainer version of in the Puma lineup. I don't remember which one that is but there's also the Deviate Nitro which if you're looking at for your long run shoe I do really like that one for long runs cuz it has that plate and like when you're in like you know the last couple of miles of a long run the last few miles of a long run it's a nice little like little kick that it gives you that I, I can certainly appreciate even though it is a little bit on the heavier side so those are some that I would, I would look at Uh, G No Days Off says, OMG, I disagree. You like, it. You, like, you like this, the endorphin trail? Well, I'm glad for that because I don't want the shoe to fail. I, want, I love the idea that they, um, people are giving you know, the trail shoes more racing attention as well as just attention. Um, so I think that's super fun from self-interest because I'm getting more into the trail running. But um, I, I just feel like that design is so off-putting for me. But, I, but I'm like, someone has to love that. And so I hope that, I mean, I would love it if I'm in the minority on that and everyone else loves the shoe. But, uh, I, I, again, it's one of those, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'll get to it. I mean, I mean we're almost to June, you know, so for the year for 2021. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I just don't know how many. I'm not saying, like, I'm done with reviewing running shoes, but, like, I'm only one person. I can only run so many miles in shoes. And, like, trail shoes, I don't, I don't know how many I'm going to get to this year we'll see we'll see i really want to make sure that like there's just the most probability of success for like running shoes when if i'm going to be bringing them in um for testing because i just don't want to have shoes that i'm like you know ambivalent i'm like ah i'll just hurry up and run 100 miles in the shoe i don't want that i mean it might happen but i don't want to like yeah i'm trying to avoid that Mm, all right uh renaldo jr says or i don't know how to say that correctly i'm sorry says uh congratulations on your work kapuzi i will see your videos and comments about tennis hugs from brazil awesome well thank you so much for watching uh, and thanks for stopping by the live stream today it's great to hear from you very cool very cool uh <laughs> kim says as far as the ugly shoes go can i make an exclusively sockety endorphin series too <laughs> i mean it would just be there would be the final there's the four of them all four of them would fit in there I think the trail is probably the weirdest looking one. Um, I did try and pre-order the Endorphin Speed 2 on Roadrunner Sports yesterday. I ultimately decided not to, um, but one of the ones that they have, cause it doesn't ship till, it doesn't ship any sooner. It doesn't ship till like June something. But um, the one that they do have for pre-order is black. So I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe. Cause then like, uh, i don't know if they'll sell out of that of that black endorphin speed 2 and i'd rather have that one rather than a checkered one and then they have like a weird like similar to like the in the infinity that orange and black color it's like a similar like color blocking scheme for the other color of the endorphin speed 2 that i've seen and i i don't like that one either so i definitely want the black one i feel like it's a real missed opportunity to make the midsole gray but maybe they can't make I mean, they could, I mean, they've been painting it. They painted the midsole blue on the endorphin speed too. So my, my paint did chip off a little bit on mine, but I wish I would have made it gray. You know, well, oh, okay. Um, run Chet says, Hey, do you eat anything before your early morning run? Um, generally no, usually it's just coffee. Um, but if I'm going to have a workout or a long run, I usually try to have something. Um, even if it's like a granola bar or just a couple pieces of toast, um, maybe with some almond butter or, you know, a nut butter, like peanut butter or something like that. So that's, that's what I'll try to do. And I'll have that with my coffee, um, just to have something in the belly. Uh, if it's going to be a workout, I don't really want to be completely fasted today. I had kind of a workout and then I forgot to eat something ahead of time. So I did just, um, drink some, uh, like sports drink. I had some honey stinger sports drink before um so i did that so that i've done in like i did that in a pinch but i i'd prefer to eat something and have something kind of like in the bloodstream that way uh if i'm going to be doing a workout um but as far as like just most of my runs i usually don't eat anything Mm. trevor holtman says have you done a best looking shoe bracket I have not i've only done one bracket before that was that the other day where it was kind of just slapped together Uh oh, best looking shoe bracket there we go we should try that it could it doesn't i mean yeah it would just be like the best looking shoe it wouldn't have to be like you know which one actually works the best It'd be what looks great i mean i think you know we could put some on shoes in there that would work then you know um Corey says a friend of mine next week has a marathon with not great weather forecast. Did you run in wet conditions with the Zero Adios Pro? How is the grip? The grip is fine. I don't think I ever ran in it when it was like really like super wet. I'm trying to think, did I ever get it in the puddles? I ran with it in snow. Um, I mean, if it's, if there's a lot of snow, it's not going to be great, but um, it does. I mean, it did as well as I would say the endorphin pro. And i felt like that also did well the only time i ever recall having any issues with the adios pro was when and this is a problem i have in all the shoes i run by the lake and there's sand over there sometimes and when the wind blows it blows sand onto the onto the path sometime if there's a very like fine dusting of sand things get really slippery but you know, all my shoes do that. Even like, even my just daily trainers get a little bit slippery. You just notice it a lot more with the racing shoes. But as far as wetness goes, unless like the pavement underneath got slick somehow, um, if it's just rain, I, I wouldn't worry about it any more than any of the other racing shoes. Mm. Luis Dado says, I had the same issue you had with the Zoom Fly 3. Thinking of replacing insole for it. Would you recommend a customized heel high and midfoot drop insoles for, uh, the zoom fly three? Thanks. Um, the, the insoles that I had that seemed to rescue that shoe for me were custom insoles. Like, um, I went to like the running store and they like measured my feet and then they had me stand. They like you, you, they warm up the insole and then you stand on them or something like that. And then it molds to your foot. So I don't know that there's a drop in it, but I think that it's just it hugs your foot a little bit more um, in a fine-tuned way, in a, in a customized way. So that's what I used in it, and that seemed to work pretty good. It definitely changed the dynamics of the shoe, but um, I didn't have that foot pain in it anymore when I did that. Albert L says, with so many shoes in your arsenal, what are the key factors you use to decide what to wear for a race? Um, for a race, I think about like the distance and the surface. Um, those are the, like the two main things because um, the dif- distance is going to influence like, you know, what, um, what characteristics do I want out of it? So if it's a 5K or a, or a marathon, those are two different things, and I'll be looking for two different like kinds of shoes. Um, and then the surface will also change it too. Or, I mean, I guess course is a better word than surface. So if I know there's going to be like a lot of turns, um, and it's a short, fast race, then I won't go with something tall. Um, but if it's a, you know, smooth, flat marathon, you know, I'll look for something that's like an alpha fly that you could just cruise in. Um, so it, I mean, th- that's really the race kind of the, tells me what to do with it and then you know like for the marathon i ran last weekend i knew i was going to be out there for a little bit longer than normal because i was going to just try and run it a a little bit easier and so i wanted something that was going to be putting a little bit more of a premium on comfort rather than speed and performance so that's how i ended up picking the fuel cell tc so that's you know i usually kind of look for you know what what am i hoping for the shoe to give me And then I try to think of which shoe matches that up the most. Mm. Right now, the junior says, do you ship your products to Brazil? I think for the, um, the stuff in Teespring, there are, I think most of the products that I picked, like some of them do or don't, it should show up for you. Like which ones are available in your, like when you go to the site, if you go to the Teespring site, um, but uh, I think I picked for a lot of the T-shirts. There are some materials that are only available in the U.S., some that are available in U.S. EU, and some that are available worldwide because Teespring has like partners that sh- like print in multiple places throughout the world. So I think some of the shirts are available, but I you know I'm afraid I don't really know for sure uh, offhand. But if as, if you click into like a specific product, it should be able to tell you if it ships to your to your region. Mm. all right tim mclaughlin says i'm doing the chicago tri very cool and looking forward to running on lake shore drive awesome is that where they run i you know I actually don't know where the run is for the the chicago triathlon i mean i i mean i guess i don't know where the biking really is i think the biking goes along part of lake shore of along the lakefront trail i think um but i know that i know where the swimming happens I haven't really like paid much attention to that race before. Interesting, but very cool. Very cool. Uh, You know, I've been seeing a lot of people. Well, not just people, but like groups uh, of cyclists out there getting ready and training. Uh, I'm sure they're not only training for the Chicago tribe, but um, I think a lot of them probably are starting to see some swimmers out there too, in the open water. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. And then, um, let's see. Um, Will Gravel says, it's one day, but for some reason, it feels like Friday. I wish it were a Friday day. I saw a tweet today saying like, breaking news, everybody. It's not even, it's not Friday. It's not even close to Friday. It's not even Thursday. And I was like, I feel that. I just feel like it's been, I feel the opposite, of you will. I feel like it's been a slow week. Jeffrey B. wants to know, Hey, do you know your max heart rate? I think my max heart rate, I mean, you know, like I've seen readings of mine that go a little bit above 181. But as far as like something that's a little bit more like a sustainable, I don't know what the definition of is for, for like, you know, how do you figure like what your max heart rate is but I think it's around like 181 to 183 is somewhere around there is where my max heart rate is. Like I don't, you know, when I'm doing like 5k workouts or like workouts that are at 5k speed or, or faster, my heart rate doesn't really get above 181 and like deep into a 5k time trial. That's a right, right around where it will be. So that's where I think it is. Mm. All right. Um, Brett Reed says, Do you feel the arch support in the A6 Metaspeed Sky is almost non existent? I've never felt a flatter shoe. You know, I don't think I'd that. Um, but it's been a while since I've run in that shoe. I'll have to put them on again and get a feel for that. I didn't I don't remember I don't remember feeling that Brett. I'll but I'll I'll keep an, a foot out for it, I guess. I was gonna say an eye out for it, but or an ear out for it, but I'll put a foot out for it. Um, and Troy says, uh, from the previous comment I made about the mail carrier, is there any shoe sole brand you recommend? A sole brand replacement, do you like or recommend? Yes, I know there's a lot out there, but I'm just wondering if you have a preference. You know, I don't really do like I don't really replace the soles. You mean the insoles, or you, I'm assuming you mean the insole. Um, I use I've used the one at Roadrunner Sports um, for a different insole, but I don't really like insoles. I think part of that for me is that, you know, I'm reviewing these shoes and so I need to feel what the shoe is all about. And so when I put the insole in there, it changes what the shoe is like. And so I don't really use them very frequently. And I've, you know, I don't usually, I've tried putting those insoles in like a variety of shoes and I never really love it. I, I always am kind of like, ah, do I need, to, if I buy an insole, if i get getting the custom of using an insole, then I have to change like what size of shoe I'm getting, I feel like. Otherwise, I just feel like I'm too crammed in there. And so it just seems to be like too much for me. So I'm, I, I don't have a ton of experience on them. I've only tried a couple of different brands. I've tried one, like the ones, like meant for running that I got from Roadrunner Sports. Not got from, I bought them myself. Um, and then I got a pair, they sent them to me. They're like insoles that are, that are made out of Boost material and you cut them to fit inside your shoe. I've tried that before too, but that you really need to have a lot of space in the shoe for that to be able to work. They're comfortable, but you know, you have to like kind of have to buy a shoe half size too big, you know, to plan for it is what I felt. Will says, I ran in the Mach 4 yesterday. I thought there was a nice bounce, but I was surprised how slow the pace was. It seemed faster because of the bounce. Oh, really? Hmm. I feel like that shoe I could really just cruise in. And um I, I feel the I feel like the opposite on that one, Will. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I feel the bounce too. I just feel like I can go in that one for a long time. I really I've been really enjoying the Mach 4. Um Critical thinker says, "I have the Ride 14, but hesitant to take it out as it feels clunky on foot. It's a half size longer than my Ride ISO, and just seems way overbuilt. Seems we're losing sleekness, sleekness in running shoe designs." Um, I would say overall, you're probably right. I think that things are getting more in like the um, thick stack height kind of um, idea. It's like finally catching on, I think, um, but yeah i haven't tried the 14 though but from the ride iso i don't know i didn't really like the ride iso though um that one seemed really hot to me and i also felt like the like the outsole was really rigid and i felt like it didn't like there wasn't enough torsion for i mean i know i know a lot of shoes have torsion resistance in it so your foot's not twisting around as it hits but i felt like that shoe was like real blocky and so like i always felt like where however i landed in it it was always kind of like a little bit herky-jerky for me so like the right i feel like i feel like the ride series peaked at the 10 that's that's my <laughs> personal theory on that one with ever run crystal rubber no oh, the crystal rubber was on the iso that wasn't it yeah my ever my ride 10 i had a gtx version it was just regular rubber on the outsole. that was a good shoe i like that one too that's one of my favorite winter shoes it was nice and warm um uh, All right. Asmar Ajihil says, it's been a while, man, since I last saw you in Chicago Marathon 2019 Expo. Awesome. Are you running this year? I got in the lottery for the second time. Not sure if I want to run this year. Uh, I will be there. Um, I am in and I'm very excited to run. So, um, you know, I've been seeing a lot of people who have been uh, kind of in a similar predicament. They've been asking around on Twitter, like, hey, should I run this event? And I think people should. But I think a lot of the people that are like, you know, hesitant are are." people that are coming in from say canada for example there's not sure if they're going to be able to travel or not and how, what that whole situation is going to be like and, and i can understand how that be uh, put a big kind of like question mark over things but i'm very excited to run this race and i think there's a high likelihood that it will go now i feel much more confident in that but as far as like the international field goes i'm not i'm not sure how that's all going to play out I'm not sure it'll be interesting to see I think we'll learn a lot more because Chicago has Lollapalooza in the summer. We have a lot of big summer festivals. So we'll have kind of like some of those do draw from multiple regions. Some of them don't. So it'll be interesting to see kind of like how the city responds to those things uh, to see where the event goes. But I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait. Um, Andrew Bostic says, hey, Kofuzi, I'm 13 and I need a coach because my coach doesn't train me for my race. I'm the only distance runner on the track team. Any long-term cross-country coach? How would I find one, or should I get one? Um, I think that's going to be tricky, um, because of the fact that like, um, you have a coach. Um, it's not that you, because the thing is, you don't. It's not like you don't have a coach. You have a coach. You're just not liking the coach. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll take it at face value that he's not training you for your race maybe he doesn't know how to Uh, i can think of a couple of schools that i've experienced where like the high school track coach is like the wrestling coach who needs something to do in the spring um or something similar to that right or maybe they're the sprint coach and maybe that's their background or maybe they were a thrower or a jumper in high school and college and that's like their background but they're you know at a smaller school and you know, they're, they're, they're put in charge of everything. So that's certainly possible. I think the first thing that you would do is, one, I would talk to your coach about it and let him know like kind of how you're feeling. You're feeling like, I'm, you know, you're not, you're, you're, i would try to say that, I mean, you're, you're telling your coach that you don't think he's doing a good job. So I would do this as carefully as possible because ultimately he's still your coach. So if you piss off the coach, it's gonna make your all in life very difficult for a long time but I'll first talk to the coach and be like, you know, I, um, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm working to my full potential and I'm concerned about and tell them your concerns, what are your concerns or her, your concerns, um, that say you're not doing enough long distance work or tempo or, or like threshold runs and too much sprint work. That's not, you know, necessarily suitable for you. And maybe the coach will tell you like, this is my coaching strategy. And here's why I think it works for someone like you or someone of your age, You know, I I don't think that a 13 year old runner needs to be doing like like very, very high mileage weeks um, because you're younger and your bodies are just a little bit different. And I don't think that you need like you already have like a lot of natural speed and you can really build on that a lot for distances like five ks So I think I would I would talk to the coach first. I think that's the most important thing to, to do and make sure you have a good relationship. The coach, if the coach is really not experienced at training distance runners and is honest with themselves, will say, all right, well, let's work together and see what we can do about making sure that you're getting the kind of guidance you need. And maybe that coach has a colleague that they can reach out to for more specific training plans. So I think that's probably the best place to start for it. Cause here's, the, here's like the worst case scenario. Let's say you find a really great coach online someone that's willing to coach you remotely and knows a lot about training 13 year olds. And that person says, Hey, what your coach is telling you to do at practice is wrong. Then what do you do? Your option then is to just quit the team, I think, and run unattached. If you'll even be allowed to compete in meets, which for the most part, I'm guessing you probably won't unless you're in like an AAU type of situation. So I think that's where it starts to get really tricky and difficult. You know, in the best case scenario, there's going to be tension if there's two coaches involved. So I think that the the best thing to do is talk to your coach about your concerns, you know, have a sit down um, and say like, you know, I'm concerned that uh, I'm not reaching my potential and I'd like to do these other kinds of things. What do you think about that? Or is that something that we can start incorporating in there? You know, because I mean, I could easily see for a lot of coaches, they'd be like, well, I got one good distance runner and everyone else is mid distance or sprinters. So I'll have that person run the same thing as everyone else. That would just kind of keep everyone together. And it's easy for me to watch everybody. But if you're like, you know, I'm willing to write my own plans and do different workouts, you know, um, maybe it'll require me to leave the school grounds to go do, you know, an eight miler on a Wednesday, but, uh, I can handle that myself, you know, but it's something that I'd like to include in part of my training. You know, I think that you know that might be something that you can do but i, I think that it's going to be real difficult to try to bring in another coach when you have a coach that's just my thoughts on it andrew hopefully that makes sense and it's probably not the answer you were looking for though all right um jc says my high school american history teacher was a girls basketball coach girls won the state championship i didn't learn anything about history (laughs) that's funny i suppose it could go the other way around too right yeah makes sense um and frank says there is i mean this is not a bad idea there's a friend there's a matt Fitzgerald book on sale on audible for just five dollars today i mean i think it depends on which matt Fitzgerald book it is in terms of coaching but yeah um let's see there's a whole bunch of other ones that i was looking at um Let's do a couple more and then I got to get going. Adam fierce says, is there a transition slash adaptation period to high stack shoes like with zero drop? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I suppose if you've been running zero drop, it'll feel really different to you and there might be some transition period needed, but I'll also say that I think for most people, the transition period to zero drop shoes, I think is overrated. I, th- I think that like to the extent that some people legitimately did need 300 to 500 miles of transition from a 10 millimeter to a five millimeter and then to like a zero millimeter drop shoe was necessary i don't think that that was necessarily just about the drop of the shoe i i think that there was more like other (laughs) musculoskeletal things going on i i I don't think that's it like i mean i i i i'm i'm not convinced that that's necessarily a thing because i i mean like if if i run like that that'd be like saying like you know what i really would like to run inclines on the treadmill but you know i'm g- it's going to take me a, it's going to take me a summer before i can start hitting the plus button a lot on that incline on the treadmill this just doesn't make sense that's counterintuitive I don't, I don't i mean i know it's an unpopular opinion and i probably get yelled at for it but i i just i i just don't i think that the transition period is overrated i think if you're transitioning from high drop high stack height to zero drop minimalist shoe it's a completely different thing but like if you're going from like um you know like a boston nine which is like an eight eight millimeter drop shoe with 14 millimeters of stack height or so in the forefoot to an ultra escalante which is like 20 millimeters of stack height in the forefoot at zero drop i, I don't think that that's a big transition it feels different but i don't think you need 300 miles five months or something like that um to transition to it that's i mean i don't i know i know that's not what you're asking but you know, I, don't, I but i also think that the inverse is what the question you are asking i don't think that's necessary maybe all right savoon says and we'll end on this one for a day says i have a non-runner question i'm an aspiring le- legal videographer interesting in branching into trial tech consulting how exactly did you become a trial tech self-taught or did someone teach you I took a course in law school called litigation technology where I learned a lot of this stuff. And then I worked at a consulting firm out of law school for that. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, uh, there is a lot of like fake it till you make it for, that goes off, off in that. But I also think that the way that you get experience is by having really low rates in the beginning, you get some pretty crappy clients in the beginning because who wants to pay bottom dollar for the most important parts of their legal career people that are not great attorneys. Um, so, <laughs> but um, you know that's the way that you get, you know, people get, you know, are willing to take a chance on you if you're a little bit cheaper. Um, and then you at least get your foot in the door on some cases and you get some seat time, right? Cause no one wants to be the client that says like, oh, how many times have you done this? And if you're like, this is my first time, but I watched a lot of YouTube videos on how to do it. You know, that's not gonna get, that's not gonna inspire a lot of confidence. So I feel like, you know, you gotta cut your teeth um and uh discount your rates for it if you're already a legal videographer the nice thing is like oh this looks like it's probably going to go to trial what are your plans for technology in the courtroom i feel like it's a nice conversation you already have you already have a rapport and a connection with that client they trust you with legal work the other thing the other way to branch the middle ground on that is you've got the trial work and you've got the, the video deposition work in between there, they might not, They might need some help making video clips, whether they're putting together, like, a mediation package or they're just getting ready for trial and they need impeachment clips. See if they need help putting that stuff together. So reach out to the clients that, that already trust you. So you might be your first time doing trial work, but if they've already worked with you as a videographer for, like, 20 different depositions, you have the rapport and they trust your skill. So, like, that's another way to do it. All right. So self-taught, basically, is, you know, a lot of, there, 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 there's no, like, certification courses for that stuff. It's just, you got to be good and you need seat time. So get the seat time. All right. That didn't make sense probably to most of you (laughs) out there, but hopefully that answered your question. Um, All right. Yeah, you don't want to, don't do pro bono trial tech. That's a mistake. That's a huge mistake. Because again, who wants pro bono trial tech services? People that are not very good at their jobs. Because if they were good at their jobs, they could afford to pay you. So you don't want to do that, but yeah. All right. <laughs> How did this couple of YouTube clip get into this exhibit? <laughs> That'd be funny. All right. I'm going to get going. Um, for tomorrow, we already talked about it. The Zanal video will be tomorrow, first run. It's an interesting shoe. And then we'll do uh, happy hour tomorrow. So bring your recovery beverage of choice. I'll see you same time as today, 1 p.m. Central Time. Hopefully, I'll see you then. In the meantime, be safe after everybody. Thanks.